I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, It's interesting to me to be preaching my way through Advent in the season of COVID. Everything, of course, is different. The context is different. And so the the, uh, scriptures speak differently to me this year than they have in previous years. Uh, there's a there's a theme that I'm sure that that uh, you have tired of me touching on in previous years, which is the great theme of waiting in Advent in a consumer culture where we are not used to waiting. It's an easy sermon. It's a good sermon. There's a good point to it. But from the perspective of COVID, um, the the it seems a little quaint to be preaching about how it's an important discipline to learn how to wait when we get everything the moment we want. You just press a button on your phone and something comes to your door, whether it's food or goods or whatever. Um, It seems a little quaint because right now, uh, waiting is a necessity. It's not a luxury. And that was my first thought, that in, in previous years, it would be easy to treat your spiritual life as a luxury that goes on top of your basic needs. So you have your food and you have your shelter and your safety safety and security and then you want to feel good so you have a spirituality that helps you to feel good and from that perspective spirituality kind of takes its place amongst other consumer options for feeling good so you can choose to practice a spirituality with your leisure time or you can choose to spend your leisure time in other ways and so the uh, the way of thinking about your spirituality is that you take on an Advent discipline of learning how to wait and so forth as a, as a way of helping you feel good uh, in your you know, modern, disconnected life. In COVID, that's all stood on its head. And um, the, the, the business of spirituality has become much more of a necessity than a luxury. The question now is, how are we going to get through this? How are we going to get through this with our jobs intact, with our families intact, with our health intact, with our society intact? And we keep on waiting and waiting and waiting for something to change so we get out of this terrible holding pattern that we're in that is just so wearying and so fraught. So our, our texts today that speak of the, uh, the third Sunday of Advent, of waiting. We're, we're in the midst of the waiting, but Christmas is still a ways off. Um, per- I'm drawn particularly to the first two readings. We have the reading from Isaiah, the reading from Thessalonians. And the context in which these readings uh, were, were uh, first written uh, is very instructive. Uh, this is Isaiah 61, and uh, certainly from the school that I come from, uh, it's called Third Isaiah. Isaiah is not a single book, but rather three books, or maybe even more, put together under one name. So you have First Isaiah, which goes until the end of chapter 39. You have Second Isaiah, which is 40 to 55. And then 56 and onward is a collection of things that is called Third Isaiah, but may even be multiple authors. Um, and they were written in different time periods. So first Isaiah was before the fall of Israel. Second Isaiah was just after Cyrus had issued the Edict of Restoration so Israel could go back out of their Babylonian slavery and rebuild the land that was promised to them by God. Um, so there was great rejoicing and so forth. And then third Isaiah, they're back, but it wasn't the, the glorious homecoming that they had hoped for. Um, it's a bit like being taken away from your home and thrown into jail and then being let out of jail a few years later and the people within your home have just wrecked it. They haven't taken care of it. The car in the driveway is full of bees. And now what? And so that's the context in which 
you have this poem saying the spirit of the Lord is upon me to send good news to the oppressed and the brokenhearted and the captives and so forth. And so the good news, what do you mean good news? We've come back to this. Well, the good news is that you're the ones who get to rebuild it. You're the ones that get to create something new out of these ashes built on the principles that you have as God's people. And so the generations to come after you will say, truly these people were blessed. God was with them. God helped us to rebuild into this blessed community. And of course, so they're not there yet. They haven't gotten the rewards yet. They're still very much in the waiting period, the the in-between time as we are. And so the, the, where, where it leaps out to me is that, you know, all of the things that made our world problematic before COVID are still in play and in some cases exacerbated. The, the plight of the poor, uh, climate change, you, the list goes on. Um, and, and COVID has caused this, this great pause in our, our, uh, our societal churn And it's an opportunity to take a breath and start rebuilding post-COVID. And so the question for us is, how do we rebuild? How do we get started again? What kind of economy do we want? What kind of society do we want post-COVID? How how can the lessons of COVID inform us to build a more just world, um, which is better, which could be good news to the oppressed, brokenhearted, liberty uh, to the prisoners, and so on? So that's the first reading. The second reading is uh, also really pops for me in this period because this one uh, is written uh, by Paul to some of the very first Christians. And so Christ was resurrected, they heard about it, and they were praying and they were waiting for Christ to come again. And they were suffering in the process. They were, they were having a tough time. And Paul was writing to them to encourage them in the midst of their tough time, their suffering. And so again, spirituality was not a luxury for them. It was a necessity. And so he just gives this advice. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Essentially, do what you always do. You can't do anything about yesterday. You can't do anything about tomorrow. What you've got is today. So be who you are today, the people of God. And in this waiting period of COVID, that's all we need to do. That's the only call of God to us in this time. Just be who we are. Be the people of God. Hold fast to what is good. Uh, Listen to the prophets, but test everything. Don't go herring after so-called prophets, and there's a lot of that going around, so uh, you can draw the lines yourself on that one. Um, I will say one topical thing. Uh, It's very much on my mind that I'm preaching after a big demonstration in Kelowna that I think was very unfortunate. Um, And so... In my heart, when I try not to quench the spirit and hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil, I I preach to myself and I say, I, Chris, you need to pray for the protesters and pray that they not get sick and the families around them and their friends not get sick. And so I call myself to that higher place uh, of being in the moment, holding fast to what is good, abstaining from evil and praying 
at all times and giving thanks in all circumstances. And that is all I can do. I have no idea how long this particular season is going to last, but I can't do anything about that. I can't do anything about when the vaccine is going to come or how effective it's going to be, how fast it rolls out and how far it rolls out, and what the implications are for the ongoing life of the church. These are so far beyond my control that there's no point in dealing with them. All I can deal with is what is today. So for me, my big takeaway this morning is from that little line from Thessalonians. And I'm going to say it one more time because the more I say it to myself, the more I might be able to hear it. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And I'm going to finish by reading the rest of it because it's so short. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. Truly a word for our condition. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.